0: Now, once you stop bombarding your mind, your your poor heart with your mind and exhausting yourself, you've probably noticed that you do settle and establish some serenity and then not long after that you find yourself disturbed again by something that hasn't arisen in your mind. You start to feel somewhat agitated within you or all kinds of things have started to arise in you. Old memories, habit patterns you didn't think you had anymore vivid dreams, all kinds of stuff. So what happens to us when we stop throwing pebbles in the pond? Do we just come to a point of serenity? Momentarily, perhaps. And if our concentration is very good, for quite a sustained period. But there comes a point where that serenity gets disturbed. What is it disturbed by when you aren't being disturbed by anything external and you actually yeah. learn to, to pacify your mind? What's, what remains to disturb you? Hmm? What remains when you stop disturbing yourself with your mind? What remains to disturb you? Yes. Yes, you could call it that, couldn't we? The stock of charge that I've generated about around the way I've disturbed myself with my mind in the past. I briefly explained to you about Bowanga last night and how every moment of everything that you experience registers in Bowanga. With the impression, and leaves the impression of the way that that experience impressed upon you. <coughs> now, what is the impression that that experience has upon you? How you react is the impression that you accumulate, not the experience itself. So if you meet experience A with aversion, it is the aversion that registers in Bhavanga as a charge. Or we call this Sankhara. This stock of aversion is Kama. That's what Kama is. The volition that prompts our actions. So if the next experience is met with attachment, you now have one unit of aversion and one unit of attachment in Bawanga and so on and so forth and through the life we've accumulated this charge and it lies there not showing itself right now it's unconscious we don't know it until it arises within us we don't know this charge that we are carrying until it arises within us so when you come here You've probably come with 10 percent mindfulness, and 90 percent of your experience is going on below the threshold of your awareness, your unconscious. and this is your conscious awareness. Including most of the time, we don't know what we feel, because we're not paying attention to it. we're distracted. So in the surface of your mind, you have wholesome and unwholesome mental states arising and passing. Sometimes, some mornings you come in here with enthusiasm, some mornings you don't know if you can really be bothered. Having got up with enthusiasm, you realize the porridge was cold, your enthusiasm wavers. You hadn't had enough to eat for breakfast, and you drag yourself in here a bit despondent, going, really cold porridge for the next four days. And your mind goes on like that. Yes? And you've got wholesome and unwholesome mental states shaking your heart base. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, we sit and we settle. If you leave those disturbances alone and you get over the fact your porridge was cold, eventually your heart base settles down and you feel settled. If you come in here gnawing on it like a dog with a bone, going, I can't believe they're going (laughs) to serve me cold porridge for the next four days, then you sit there for half an hour and your heart base is still shaking at the end of your meditation. In which case, you stay with 10%. But when the heart base is not disturbed, our willingness to be with our experience opens. And the field of depth of our perception deepens. And now 20%, we call this 20% awareness, 20% of our experience registers in our field of consciousness. So we're more conscious. Now, you know, during your first day, even on the first evening we settled our sort of nerves about being here we calmed ourselves down we sort of relaxed a little bit we tuned into stillness and we experienced a degree of serenity maybe by lunchtime on the first day all of you were starting to settle at which point you thought you were going to be enlightened by the end of the week <laughs> oh this meditation it's not so bad Only to find that by second sitting after lunch on the first day, you come in here and you're all over the shop and there's no concentration, you're huffing and puffing, you can't wait to get out of here. What happened? Because you settled your ordinary field of awareness and made your heart base undisturbed in that, your field of perception opens and those charges that you hold below the threshold of your conscious awareness start to reveal themselves to you. Now, if just below the threshold is a degree of restlessness, I I can sit for five minutes before I start craving my phone, but after ten minutes I'm wondering whether anyone's answer replied to my message, then sooner or later you're going to experience restlessness, or boredom, or aversion to the discomfort, or whatever. And your enthusiasm is going to wane, And your aversion arises, your heart base starts to shake and now sitting there is just abject misery when you thought you were almost enlightened only a few hours before. Huh? (laughs) Yes. And then I say, well, leave it as it is. And some of you settle and go, okay, and you get over it and you find a little bit more patience or a little bit more whatever's necessary. And you settle your heart base at 20% awareness. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, maybe I am actually going to get enlightened after all. And your concentration deepens, and with your mindfulness, your perception deepens, the subtlety of your perception deepens, and now you open 30%. And who knows, maybe some of you at that point had a very strong reaction, very strongly overwhelmed by emotion that you hadn't felt for a very long time. Because just this far below the threshold of your awareness, you keep a very strong charge that disturbs you significantly. And so you don't know what you're going to get when you come to sit on the cushion, which is why sometimes it goes very swimmingly, and other times it's an absolute struggle. And this is the reason. So if we learn to just sit for 10 minutes and clear the surface of our mind and then get up and go and distract ourselves then we only manage to clear our field of awareness within with 10% consciousness and all of this stock sits in the background at one level you know you're carrying this stuff which is why we keep ourselves distracted because I desperately don't want to be with that but you know it's there and this is this sort of tremendous state of tension that we live in, knowing that I'm carrying something inside me and knowing that I don't know how to be with it. It's a bit like you've got an airplane flying around that has to come in to land sooner or later. It's only got so much fuel. And you've got to find somewhere to land it. And you know that your heart base isn't stable enough to land that experience. And so you have to keep it out there at arm's length. Now if that aeroplane is a jumbo jet and your heart base is made like that field, the runway that you've got to land your experience is, this is your heart base, your, your constitution, your mental constitution. If it's only that, as robust as that field out there, you know you can't land a jumbo jet in a field. And this is real dukkha. And this is why we can't be with ourselves completely. Because I know that if I'm really with how I feel, I can't deal or be with how I feel. So I have to keep myself distracted. Which is why we maintain such a limited level of consciousness. So you've got to keep this airplane flying and you know that it's only got so much fuel and you know your heart base can only deal with so much. That is misery. So what we're asking you here to do is to gradually make more stable the runway that you land your experiences on. If you become stable with 20% awareness, now your runway is a little bit more than that field, but maybe not yet stable enough to bring down that jumbo jet. You can run, bring some of your challenges, some of your challenging experiences, you can bring them to land, but some of them you can't yet. But if this challenging experience you meet with a willingness to be with it without rejecting it, understand it's only a suffering in the moment, it's just an unpleasant feeling, and then I add to it with my mind, and it becomes misery. With the right attitude, you find a way of bringing to land this, and now your heart base is stable with 30% awareness. Hmm. Now it starts, yeah, maybe I can. It starts to come to you. Perhaps I am able to be with that that I thought I couldn't be with. And slowly you walk up to it in the appropriate way until whatever it is that you keep that is most troubling you. If you keep working at it in the appropriate way, gradually you clear the ground, you build the runway, your heart base becomes stable. What did I say is the place at which we make progress in our practice? Not when we are stable in our stability, blissing out in the delight of serenity, but when we find stability in our instability. This is the ground where we transform the quality of our mind and bring a capacity to be or develop a capacity to be with those things that previously I couldn't. Every time you do that and you sit through your challenge and you accept it and you meet it as it is without rejecting or grasping it without whatever, adding to it, and you let that charge go, you carry that charge no longer. And the experience of having been through what causes you suffering and not bringing it to more suffering brings you the knowledge that I can be with that. And so your what we, what we call your willingness to be with how you feel gradually develops. Until one day your heart base is as stable as the runway at Heathrow Airport, where they bring in jumbo Jets every 90 seconds. Not a problem. And now, whatever it is that you felt you couldn't be with, I can be with that. And in the being with it, the charge, you turn the charge around, that afflictive charge is released. What was that about? And it's gone. It's gone. That thing that you carried that you thought was the cause of your suffering wasn't the cause of your suffering. The cause of your suffering was the fact that you weren't equipped to be with it. And when you can be with it, It's no longer your suffering. And this is the way that step by step, gradually, we can free ourselves of the suffering that we're carrying, that we don't need to carry. We only carry it because we continue to see it as me. Now, you know, I dare say that many of you have had very challenging experiences in your life. But the truth is this. There is no part of that, unless it is this, this is the most challenging thing that's ever happened to you. I hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if it is. But whatever was that most challenging experience that, you ever, that ever happened to you, it's not happening now. It doesn't have any capacity to cause you suffering. What happened to you in the past does not cause you suffering. The only thing that causes you suffering is the mind that arises now and the charge that it produces in you that makes you feel afflicted. So you're continue, continuing to attach to the idea of this happened to me and continuing to react to the idea that it happened to me long after the event. This is the cause of your suffering, not what actually happened. Because that passed a long time ago. And so we can see how much of the suffering did I experience in the moment when I was truly challenged? Okay, and how much have I continued to suffer on account of my inability to let it go? What truly is the cause of my suffering? We meet hardships along the way. Sometimes we're unfortunate enough to meet tremendous hardship, but it never lasts forever. And in the moment, Years later, when you think it's the cause of your suffering, it isn't. The mind that arises now, reacting the way it does on account of the way it identifies with what happened to me, that mind is the cause of your suffering. So when you can be with how it feels and not keep adding to it with your mind, you let the charge go that you carry around those experiences and when there's no charge around them, those experiences come to mind, and there's not a trace of, attach- of, of suffering associated with them. It just is what it is. It's not that your memory will have gone. It's not that you will have forgotten the things that happened to you. The charge that you carry, the karma, the way that you reacted to what you experienced, is gone. And now you've freed yourself of that suffering. There isn't any other way to free yourself of that suffering than let go of the charge that you've accumulated around it. So, this is how we practice in a sort of systematic, step by step way to ease the burden of what we carry while we are still attached to the idea of myself and not yet willing to let it go. Yeah? Okay?